leadership, potentially a shapeless concept, government perceived as overwhelmingly large, put the two together, government leadership, and you can distill it down to big and cold. Interested instead in a space where government leadership might be personal and warm, maybe that would look like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with those we choose to speak for us in our own neighborhoods. We see them walking their dogs, shopping in our grocery stores, talking with neighbors in the coffee shop, cheering from little league sidelines, witnessing community tragedy, solving problems and generating opportunities. From Studio 67, I'm Ginger Delegal, and this is Pack and Chat. 670 seconds with Florida's local leaders. Welcome to the second season of Pack and Chat brought to you by Studio 67. This season features a bundle of interviews with the past presidents of the Florida Association of Counties, each of whom are still in county office. They're a seasoned bunch of local and state leaders with a unique perspective on county officials and on Florida in general. We are excited to bring these conversations to you. Joining me today is Commissioner Kathy Bryant from Marion County, a medium-sized county just south of Gainesville, Alachua County on I-75. Commissioner Bryant is a multi-term county commissioner having first been elected over 10 years ago in 2010. Welcome Commissioner Bryant to the studio. Thank you, Ginger. I'm happy to be here. Great. We're glad that you could join us today for this bundle of conversations, which is proving to be most interesting. And I think all of our listeners will greatly appreciate your time and hearing you. So can you start us off today by just telling everyone about Marion County? Oh, sure. <laughs> so Marion County is um, known as the horse capital of the world for those who don't know that. Uh, we are also in the top five fastest growing metros in the United States at this point in time. We've seen a lot of changes in the last 10 years. When I was elected in 2010, Marion County was one of the hardest hit counties in the state. We have 14.3% unemployment rate. We had lost almost 50% of our property values and we were third highest in the state in foreclosures. My platform at that time was jobs, 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 and diversifying our economic base. We had followed along uh, with the state of Florida for many, many years, and being real estate and construction boom and bust, we knew we had to do something different. So we've worked really hard, and we've actually become one of the leading logistics hubs in the state. So our population is growing, tremendously. We've uh, been ranked one of the fourth places to live in the United States, and we're in the top 10 of best places to retire at this point. We've grown in leaps and bounds in many ways uh, to ensure that our citizens that live here consider Marion County a great place to live, work, and play. Sounds great. Thank you. So with all that growth, too, at the local level and the change in the economic base, are you finding that the residents and your citizens are more diverse than they were 10 years ago? Absolutely. Um, we have, I think it's 150 people a, a week or a month. I believe it's a month. Actually, I think it might be a week moving to Marion County and they're coming from all over. So our population is much more diverse. Our demographics have changed. Uh, we are no longer known as Flo Cala. 
we've got a thriving downtown and that attracts many people from many different walks of life. And does all that growth and the diversity that comes with it, are you all finding as local leaders some new challenges in finding common ground in your community among all of the diverse thoughts, peoples, origins, um, et cetera? We haven't gone quite that far. Marion County is a red county and it's known as a red county. We're very conservative. And we do see that uh, we have been able to maintain um, our conservative values. So we don't see too much push to change that aspect of us. And I think that's probably what draws so many people to Marion County. Well, and it's certainly a beautiful part of the state. So how did you get to Florida? I was actually born and raised right here in Marion County. And I know you have a lot of experiences, professional and personal, outside being a county commissioner, just because I have known you for many years. And I know that's taken you to other parts of the state, other parts of the country, other parts of the world. So why do you stay in Florida? I stay in Florida, in particular Marion County, because it's my home. Um, I love where I live. If I want to go you know, enjoy the beach. If I want to go enjoy one of the more metro areas, say Tampa or Orlando, I'm an hour and a half top for many of those. If I want to go to one of the theaters or the museums or, you know, out shopping for more than I can get here. What I like about living here is that it's, although we've grown and our traffic is a little worse than it used to be, we still have that small town feel and that small town charm. Not to mention, I have two of my children still living here, and now I have four of my six grandchildren here. So, whole family here. I can't imagine ever living anywhere else. It's got all of uh, everything that that I enjoy about being at home. Well, and I know with my own three daughters getting older um, and either being done with college or still in college, but sort of out of the day-to-day household, um, having them being interested in coming back in close proximity to where Mark and I are is um, is a challenge that we're currently facing and, and hoping to, to be able to lure them back to us locally. So that's, that's a great blessing to be able to have that much family close by to you, and, and I know. So, again, um, you know, you're from Florida, you've had many professional experiences outside of being now a county commissioner and an elected official, but what made you want to run for county commission in the first place? When I decided to run, actually, in November of 2009, it was, um, I will say, nothing more than a God moment. Um, I have an aunt who ran for office many years before. I was involved in student government when I was in high school. So I had always had an interest in that. And I had a friend that actually occupied the seat that I am sitting in now. And um, I had gone to lunch and was leaving the restaurant 
and just have him as he was going in to have lunch. And I said to him, how's the campaign coming? And he looked at me and he said, I'm not going to run. And I said, what? <laughs> and uh, he said, nope, I'm, I'm done. And I said, well, we need to talk. So I turned around and went back in and sat with him and talked about it. That was Thanksgiving weekend of 2009 and started making some phone calls, prayed about it. And, you know, my, my prayer was, you know, God, if this is something that you want me to do, make it apparent, open the doors that need to be opened. And he made it very apparent and he, many, many doors. And it's been my passion ever since. And I know there have been great opportunities and challenges over your tenure as a county commissioner. And after that initial run, once you got on the county commission, why did you continue to seek reelection? What was driving you? It, it, Marion County, it truly is my passion. I've been asked if I'm going to do other things on many occasions. And I just feel like I can better advocate for my community right here at the local level. So at BAC, we say all politics are local. The effect change and see that I, it, it, and we've just seen so much, so much change and so much that, as I stated when we started the interview, we were in a really bad place. And, and that was another reason uh, that I ran is we were just in such a bad place as a community and I knew that we could do better. And I also wanted to be able to have a community and have a thriving community and have different job opportunities for my children. At that time, you know, they were graduating college and they hadn't gotten married yet. And I knew that I wanted to keep them as close as possible. But, and now that they have grandchildren, I'm so happy that they're here, but it's just been really a wonderful experience to be able to shape the community that I grew up in and, and that I'll more than likely die in. And I can put, you know, my kids or my grandkids in the car and, and we can drive around and I can say I had a hand in that. And there's a lot of things that have changed in the last 11 years that I've been able to have a hand in and they've been value to our community. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Well, and those are great lessons and a great legacy to pass on to the future generations. And, you know, in doing all that you've done for your community, again, challenges certainly come along. Um, and I know from watching you and your peers uh, around the state of Florida in local government leadership positions over the last 30 years, you know, public hearings and public meetings can get can get very contentious with members of your community, sometimes even with members of your own board. If you're you may see the ultimate vision the same way, even with your board members, but sometimes you might disagree on how you get there. So there can be a lot of contention. Um, and I know also in the last 18 months, just even during the COVID era, um, all of you that have put yourself in the arena um, have been the targets all around the state of death threats and um, a kind of non-civil discourse um, that is probably shocking to our founding fathers. Um, how do you 
how do you keep going in a positive vein, either in those moments or um, even if those moments are not overly challenging to you, they have to build up um, just sort of the weight of also of everything that you're carrying for your community. Um, and in those contentious moments, they do, they build sort of one on each other. So how do you keep going? What sustains you in a positive direction? Sometimes it can be just as easy as sitting down in the afternoon and having a nice cup of hot green tea. You know my habit. Yes. You've seen it on many occasions. <laughs> um, and then sometimes, you know, for the most part, though, it, it's truly staying grounded in my faith. Whether it's, you know, sitting down with some quiet time in the morning with my Bible or with a devotional, um, putting my ear pods in in the morning. One of my favorite things to do if I know I've got a really long day ahead of me is to get up early enough to be able to put my AirPods in and go for about a two to three mile walk and I'll play nothing but worship music. And I probably look like a crazy lady walking down the road sometimes, but I won't just be listening to that music. I'll actually, actually be singing and be in worship. And, you know, starting my day like that, it just sets the tone and, and makes all the difference in the world. When I have those days that are really hard and I, and I come home at night, uh, we had a public hearing about two weeks ago, and we started our morning that morning at 9 o'clock in the morning. We broke for lunch, and then we came back for zoning and started at 2, and we didn't get out until 1130 that night. And it was hard, and it was contentious. But just going home and being able to spend that quiet time and, you know, make sure that I stay grounded in who I am and staying grounded in my faith, that's, that's what gets me through. And I have been caught by neighbors singing to myself while walking also. So <laughs> I, I think I'm glad I'm not the only no, one. <laughs> I think especially these days was and that was back in the day of the old Walkmans. I would take one with me. So um, I imagine that over the decades that there are many neighbors that have seen some of us crazies singing to ourselves in the morning as we're walking in our neighborhoods or in some of your parks. So just to sort of wrap things up this afternoon, Commissioner Bryant, are there things that you wish someone would have told you um, as you were headed into your first term of office, if you will? Um, are there things that you wish someone had mentioned that you could have taken to heart also and sort of added to your repertoire of things and practices that sustain you? So I wish somebody would have talked to me about the things that are going to be extremely hard for me to impact that have affected me personally um, or they don't directly affect me, but I see them um, affecting others and I don't know how to fix it. You, I mean, you know that I lost my brother uh, to the opioid epidemic in 2016 and we've come a long way um, in the last several years in, in changing the way that we look at that and, and changing what's available out there for people with opioid addiction. But it's just such a multifaceted issue that it's very hard. 
the other thing is um, I sat with a lady today for about 15 or 20 minutes. She has pretty much parked her chair and the few belongings that she has in a county parking lot. And she's been there for about two to three months, I just found out. And she just sits there all day and all night. That's where she lives. And in talking with her, it was obvious that she has some mental health issues. I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to help her. Um, She's 72 years old, and I don't know what to do because she won't take some of the help that's available out there. And so I think, you know, talking about those things that no matter how hard you want to help and, and, and you want to make change, it's very difficult because they're out of your control. So that would probably be a few of the things I would have liked to have had some conversations about. I would think that that is great advice to give someone who is just coming into office. Um, And it's great advice, frankly, for all of us as humans. Um, And yes, one human can make a difference and one county commissioner can absolutely make a difference. But because we all are humans, there are limitations to the things that we can wave a magic wand, if you will, or develop consensus or work even really hard towards trying to solve as these really big societies societal issues and problems that we all share, um, not only in the state of Florida, but obviously all across the country. And so I, th- I think that's great advice because um, sort of the, the, the flip side of that is really focus your energy on where you can really make a difference and, and what can happen uh, when you're able to do that also, when you're able to focus, um, I think is the other side of, of that advice. So that's it, Commissioner Bryant. That's a wrap from Studio 67 this afternoon. Look forward to another Pack and Chat episode next week. We will talk to you soon.